Hello, welcome to a new podcast from the Lancet Child and Adolescent Health. I'm Gavin Cleaver, and today we're going to be talking about a new paper on peanut allergies in children. I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Professor Mimi Tang, the author of this paper. Professor Tang, please will you introduce yourself? I'm Mimi Tang. I'm an immunologist allergist um, by training, and I also have done a PhD. So my practice is really as an academic clinician researcher. This means that I split my time between seeing patients as well as doing some research. Well, thank you. So, Professor Tang, your new paper is a four-year follow-up report of a randomized trial looking at probiotic and peanut oral immunotherapy. So, could you tell our listeners why is a peanut allergy a big problem in children and how does it differ from other types of food allergies? Yeah, so this is actually a, a good question because there are many reasons why peanut allergy is a problem. Firstly, it's one of the most common allergies for both children and adults. Rates have been going up for all food allergies in the last couple of decades, but we've seen that this increase is greatest for peanut as compared to, say, egg or milk allergy. Also, we have in peanut allergy um, persistence throughout life in the majority of people, so most people are stuck with this lifelong. It's a common ingredient, so it makes it quite difficult for our patients to avoid peanut, which is currently the standard approach to care. And this means they have frequent reactions. Usually um, 50% of children who have peanut allergy will have an accidental ingestion and reaction within 12 months. Now, when they have this reaction, peanut has a tendency to cause a more severe type of allergic reaction called anaphylaxis. And 50% of reactions can be anaphylaxis when you're allergic um, to peanut. As a result of this, of course, um, you end up with quite a lot of anxiety, the, the vigilance that's required to try to avoid the peanut. All of this results in a significant impact on quality of life. And studies have shown that quality of life for a child with peanut allergy is actually worse than a child who has diabetes. And I guess the final reason is peanut allergy is the most common cause of fatality due to food and in that regard I think it's of great concern both for children with the condition, families and people taking care of these uh, patients. No, absolutely. So a major area of concern. So the immunotherapy that you administered in, in your article, can you tell us a little bit about the components of it and maybe as well a bit about how the treatment itself was administered? Sure. I mean, first, if you don't mind, I'd like to say one of the reasons we wanted to aim for a, a long-lasting curative treatment, if we could, is because of the reasons we've talked about just before. It's very difficult for children to be managed by avoiding their allergens. It's almost an impossible task, actually. So what we were trying to achieve was to reprogram the immune response away from allergy towards tolerance. And what we did was to combine a probiotic with immune modulating capacity together with oral immunotherapy. Now, many researchers around the world have been working on oral immunotherapy in the last decade, and um, there are clear signs that it can suppress the allergic reaction, that is, avoid a person having a reaction to the food, but whilst they're on oral immunotherapy, but it doesn't actually change the immune response noticeably more than a small subset of people. So it's not very effective at actually switching off allergy. 
So what we were trying to do in uh, combining the oral immunotherapy with probiotic was to give the immune system a nudge further in the direction of tolerance and actually get a change in the immune response to peanut. The probiotic itself that we used is um, called Lactobacillus rhamnosus, and um, it is actually found in yogurts, but you would have to take 20 tubs of yogurt every day in order to achieve the dose that we administered. And so what we did was we combined the probiotic and the peanut oral immunotherapy. You, uh, patients took uh, a fixed dose of the probiotic every day together with a gradually increasing dose of peanut protein every day. And they did this for 18 months. Um, and at the end of the 18 months, we stopped treatment. The top dose of peanut protein was relatively high. We aimed to get to two grams of peanut protein, which is roughly equivalent uh, to seven to 10 peanuts, let's say. And the, the participants basically had to adhere to this therapy once daily, eating it uh, on sprinkled on top of food uh, for the peanut and mixed with water for the probiotic. Could you give us a little bit of background on the original trial and then what you did in the, in the long-term follow-up study? In our original trial, we recruited 62 children with peanut allergy and we randomly assigned them to receive either the probiotic peanut treatment or a placebo-placebo treatment. And as I mentioned, they took this treatment, either placebo or active, every day by mouth for 18 months. At the end of 18 months, we stopped treatment and we waited approximately a month. Then we challenged them to peanut to test whether or not they had developed uh, tolerance to peanut. Now, um, what we found was that 82% of children in the treatment group who received the probiotic peanut therapy went home eating peanut because they passed the tolerance challenge. This was in comparison to only 4% of children in the placebo group um, who achieved tolerance. So we found this dramatic difference between our two groups as, as um, in, in this particular clinical trial, showing that our combination probiotic peanut therapy actually was able to induce a form of tolerance, um, allowing these children to incorporate peanut back into their diet. So for this long-term follow-up study, we were interested to know whether these, these benefits had been maintained for years afterwards because, you know, for, I think, any intervention that we would offer in clinical settings, we would like to know uh, that benefits are indeed long-lasting. What we did was we approached all the children who finished the original trial and invited them to participate in our follow-up study. We were very, very happy because just over 85% of the children who completed the original trial agreed to participate in our follow-up, which is, you know, an important uh, aspect to consider whenever you're looking at long-term follow-up studies. The, the aim of the long-term study, as I mentioned, was to determine if the benefits were long-lasting. The benefits of probiotic and peanut immunotherapy were long-lasting. And in order to do this, we wanted to assess a variety of outcomes. So we were interested firstly in whether participants were still able to eat peanut in their diet and 
you know, whether they were having reactions to peanut that they were intentionally ingesting. And if they were in the placebo group, of course, we were interested in whether they were having accidental reactions to peanut or rather reactions to accidental ingestion of peanut. So that was sort of the, the baseline um, outcome for us in this follow-up study was a very detailed standardised questionnaire around peanut intake and reactions. But we also offered participants to have a peanut skin test, a peanut allergy antibody blood test, and also we offered them a formal double-blind placebo-controlled peanut challenge after stopping peanut intake for eight weeks. This challenge would tell us, if they passed this challenge, it would tell us that they had actually still maintained long-lasting tolerance. If they failed, uh, we would then know that they were not tolerant. They may be desensitized if they were eating peanut um, without reactions, but then failed. And so we offered these as staged activities. So participants who joined the trial could opt in or out of each of these subsequent interventions to assess for um, peanut skin test, peanut allergy antibody in the blood, and the peanut tolerance challenge. Now, what we found was that the majority of children who achieved tolerance after the end of treatment in the original study were still eating peanut four years after having stopped their treatment. And the majority of kids were also actually tolerant when tested by this challenge method which really is the gold standard for assessing tolerance. So, um, you know, in terms of actual numbers, 80% of children who achieved tolerance after the first trial were still eating peanut four years later, and 70% of them actually passed a um, tolerance challenge. So we were very excited by these findings because to us it really shows that the probiotic peanut combination can actually change the immune response to peanut and provide benefits long-term, years after having stopped the treatment. Uh, the way I see it is that we had children who came into the study allergic to peanut, having to avoid peanut in their diet, being very vigilant around that, carrying a lot of anxiety with that. And at the end of treatment and even four years later, many of these children who had benefited from our probiotic peanut therapy, could now live like a child who didn't have peanut allergy. They didn't have to avoid peanut any longer. They could eat peanut freely in their diet without any particular program. So, um, and, and, you know, they, they weren't reacting to peanut. So half of the children who were eating peanut were eating it at least once a week or more. And, but that meant half of them were actually eating it less frequently than once a week and some of them weren't eating it at all. So I think to me that that's what's exciting about this is that it would seem the children who have benefited from the probiotic peanut therapy are able to change the way that they live and I guess not have to worry about avoiding peanut anymore. Oh that's fantastic. What a tangible effect on such a large group of children. So you know, finally then, what's the next research priority for the field? What are you looking to next? I think um, the most important thing to do would be to confirm in a, in a randomised trial that the combination of a probiotic with oral immunotherapy is indeed 
better than just the oral immunotherapy alone. It's always difficult to compare across trials, and one shouldn't do that, um, but based on what has been uh, published in the literature on oral immunotherapy alone, it would seem that the chances of inducing true tolerance in a, in a randomised trial setting has really only been in 30% or thereabouts of children. So the sort of much higher rates that we're seeing with probiotic and peanut oral immunotherapy would suggest that it is better. However, this has to be proven in a well-conducted, robust, randomised trial. So I think that's the first priority. The second priority would then be to say, well, hypothetically, um, this approach should work for any food because the idea is that the probiotic is um, promoting a milieu for the immune system such that the immune system then responds differently to an antigen that is presented to it um, in this therapy format. And so theoretically, it should work for any other allergen that's also presented with this probiotic. And I think a really important uh, study to do next would then be to see if it works in the setting of other food allergies. So if, could we perhaps combine probiotic and egg oral immunotherapy, for example, or probiotic and milk oral immunotherapy in order to um, induce a long-lasting long tolerance to these foods. Well, what, what a fascinating and promising approach. Professor Tang, thank you so much for joining us today. And thanks to you for listening.